what we do here is go back, 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 back. I feel like people are going to hate this, but I think that this game with Stidham only further proves for me that next year, someone who fully knows Josh McDaniel's system is going to be a quarterback. We all know what the resume is in the NFL on who those people are. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. Joining me this time, once at it again, Mel Dreamy, co-host Andrew, as we spoke about last time, he had himself a baby. He had himself a new member of the family, so he is on some paternity leave from the podcast at the moment. We had plenty to talk about, plenty of stuff to touch on, so more than fitting that we got Mel Dreamy to jump on and, and give his two cents with everything before we jump in dan how are you this morning at 6 30 <laughs> i'm doing great uh blessed uh to have a new niece and uh, congratulations to andy and ally and uh their new baby absolutely we're very happy for them and uh two days ago we welcomed remy joe mcdonald into the family. So very excited for all that. Congratulations. And Andy will be back on when he's ready to be back on. So we'll see. See where he's at next week. But he was uh, very appreciative that you would fill in for him on this on today's spot. So no problem. All right. So we'll just jump right into it. The Raiders had quite an amazing um, and very surprising game, uh, in my opinion. Uh, they played the 49ers. If you didn't watch it, the Raiders went into that game. Uh, Jared Stidham was getting his first start uh, of his career after Derek Carr was benched, uh, going up against the number one defense in the NFL. So naturally, the Raiders were, I think at game time, they were nine and a half point dogs. Uh, I think they were around 10 when we were doing the podcast, but they go into it and they actually, they took it to overtime, ended up losing 37 to 34, but there was a lot to be excited about during the game. There was a lot of excitement in general going on. No one really expected that to happen, uh, to be honest with you. I'll kick it over to you first, Dan. Just give us your, your thoughts on the game and whatever you really want to touch on. Well, overall, I would say I was pleased with the way they played because the locker room could have collapsed after the Derek Carr news, but they played with heart. They played with energy. And... um it was awesome to see uh, Devontae Adams uh, balling out like he did. And uh, Stidham, we didn't know what we had. All I want is a quarterback that can get the ball to our our studs. And uh, if it's a cheaper quarterback like Stidham who can do it like an expensive quarterback, I'm like, great, let's do that so we can spend money on defense. And I think that's what we saw, which – kind of put into question a little bit like, okay, what is our direction now if this guy can do that? As far as the game goes, I was really impressed with the 49ers O-line. Those guys are massive, and they have a great power run scheme. Uh, McCaffrey, better in advertise. I'll be honest, I don't watch too many 49er games. I think that was the first one I watched all year long. I knew they were good, but when I saw them play firsthand, I 
was like, man, that is a good team. So uh, the fact that we hung in there was good when if they would have just cashed it in, that wouldn't have surprised me either. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think the biggest part of it uh, on Stidham's side of things was that it just – the offense looked rejuvenated, looked exciting. I mean, the way he was just using his feet to make play – extend plays. At the end of the game, um, he was – Oh man, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think like 23 for 34, if that sounds about right. Um, 365 passing yards, two touch, three touchdowns, two interceptions. And he also had, I think, 34 rushing yards. Um, put him just one yard shy of hitting the 400 mark on his own. The offense had 500 yards total offense against the best defense in the NFL. But what we saw from Stidham was that he. One, he would use his feet to get some yards. He picked up a couple first downs. He also was just sitting in the pocket and waiting to the very last second and just taking the hit and getting the ball off. Um, one of the touchdowns to Devontae Adams, they kind of had a, a scramble drill where Adams was just behind everybody. But he scrambled. He was shuffling, shuffling right on the sideline. Last minute, let it go and just got licked. And ended up coming for a touchdown. And it was plays like that where you think, Man, Carr's either just going to kind of run it out of bounds and take what he can get, or he's going to throw it away and he's not going to get hit. Um, and I think that was such a difference maker in seeing a quarterback that can run this system who also, you know, isn't afraid to get hit, who's willing to use his feet to kind of, you know, make plays happen, extend things. I think we also saw a lot more play action rollouts from Stidham than we really have with Carr. You know, one of Carr's big things always is kind of a little bit of a knock that he's not super mobile. He's got a little bit of speed once he gets going, but he's not super mobile. So I'm not surprised we saw things like that where Stidham was getting more rollouts and, and, and plays in that regards. But I think you just saw a, a more energized offense, a more, you know, they got rolling and they, they kept rolling. I mean, they put up 17 in the first half, right? And so at that point, you're like, okay, we've seen this story before, like, can they put up points in the second half? That was the big thing. And they did. I mean, they they tied the amount of points that they put up in the first half. Obviously, it wasn't enough to win, but we saw them go out there in the first five minutes of the game and score another touchdown. And I feel like there's, you know, that, that second half lag. It did feel, for some reason, even though they put up 17 points, it did feel like there was kind of some little, like, stall out uh, from the offense. But I think overall, like, Stidham went out there and, he played great and he continued to play great, you know, all game. He had two interceptions that I would say ne neither of them were his fault. Uh, both I, w one of them just completely went off of the D lineman's face mask and went straight up in the air and uh, they picked it off. And then the one to end the game, man, if anybody had a really shitty game, it was Colton Miller, Nick Bosa, right? Nick Bosa was just manhandling him every every time he, every chance he got there was two plays josh jacobs getting stopped on fourth down on the goal line colton miller just got beat thrown thrown to the side and and they made the stop and then that very last play where he just got shoved into stidham he just got pushed back pushed right into him and, and the contact made stidham just throw a duck straight up in the air that got picked off he's trying to go deep so but I don't know. It was just very, it was an exciting game. And it was one of those games where you saw, in my opinion, you know, what someone who has a full extensive knowledge of 
Josh McDaniels offense can do with it. And, you know, the type of play calling he has at his disposal when he's got someone that 100% knows the playbook. And he made a comment um, in his post-game presser, I believe it was, might've been during the week at some point, but he said, you know, we kind of didn't really call it a whole lot different than, than we have been calling it all year. And, uh, you know, Stidham took advantage of, you know, situations that he was given there was a lot of things that were were the same as you know what we were running when Derek was in there, and I feel like that was like he obviously wasn't like specifically making a jab, but it was almost like we're doing the same thing Carr was doing, and and you know Stidham did better. But I don't know, just kind of rambling at the moment. But all in all, it was there aren't really any moral victories. But you know when we're sitting here already looking at the draft, you always want to beat the Niners. It would have been nice to go out there and beat them. And you want them to win in the moment, but I think that was just an overall great game in regards to how well they played. And just, you know, it could have been flash in the pan type of game, but we got the Chiefs this week. So it's like we got another worthy opponent going to go up against and see if he can do it again, kind of thing. So, yeah, just let's see the rejuvenation like you're talking about. That's what, um, that's what keeps us excited. Um, you know, if Carr's been playing all year with a bad back, I can see why, you know, we're not rolling him out and stuff. But the fact that we did roll out Stidham sure does make defenses have to think a lot more. Uh, we saw um, Waller play his best game of the year. So Carr didn't have that all year long. I'm not saying it would have been different or anything. I'm just saying we're, we're kind of – even though the season is what it is, we're kind of seeing things on an uptick that can give us some excitement towards the offseason. Bosa did have a strong game, but I would say there was zero sacks. So um, although that last play was what it was, Miller had his hands full over there. And, you know, Bosa's even better when Eric Armstead's right next to him. So Eric Armstead kind of made our, our guards look bad too, so. But with all that said, zero sacks. So that was impressive as well. Yeah, I think it probably just like I, – I think it just like highlights in my brain the two bad plays that he had. It made me just say, you know, like he had a shitty game. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, we didn't have any sacks. And, you know, there's been times where, you know, the O-line is just absolutely atrocious and atrocious – I'm not even going to try to say that anymore. Bad. They've been really bad, um, right? But I think there are, you know, times where Stidham used his feet, broke some tackles, made some things happen where maybe Carr would have just taken a sack on, on a certain situation. So, Yeah, I was, I was watching the game with my wife, and I'm like, Carr takes a sack right there. And Stidham was able to evade it, and that that, that was a lot of the difference right there. Yeah, absolutely. And he had that one, he had that play where, you know, he broke a tackle and then Bosa like wrapped him up by the legs. And as he's falling, he gets the ball to the sideline with, you know, plenty of oomph on it to, I think, Jacobs and he gets a first down from there. It's like, I don't see that happening. I like, I feel like Carr just like goes down and, and, you know, tries to work at the next play. It almost seems like, and granted, Carr has had a lot of, trouble over his career he's had a lot of reasons to not trust the o-line and you know it's like 
a lot of quarterbacks are going to not want to take a hit when you've taken as many hits as he has. So I get that side of things. But it almost seems like Carr was at a point where he was too afraid to make a bad play that he just didn't want to make a play in some regards when it came to waiting the last second to get the ball off or, or what have you. So I think that was a, you know, a nice thing with Stidham was just, it was kind of just, you know, a fresh guy in there that's willing to just take the hits, use his feet and, you know, lower the shoulder to try to get, you know, we had a, there was a couple, uh, there at least one where they should have got, he got, should got called for roughing the passer when I think it was Warner came in and he slid and he just got like, arm checked in the side of the in the helmet and it was it was like one of the most blatant calls that would have gotten called anywhere else i don't know why it didn't get called but you know there were times he was just taking hits and he was you know doing doing whatever it took and it obviously 100 percent paid off in regards to how he played so and can he take those hits all season long like yeah. that too so we only saw one game and of course it's going to look great but if you're doing that every single game it's going to wear on you and then Maybe the uh, bright and shiny new quarterback doesn't look like that as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's where, you know, that's where that that whole thing comes into play where it's like we know Carr's been taking a lot of hits, right? <laughs> so it's remained to be seen on, you know, whether Stidham can, can do that. But I think all in all, it was very promising for the future, I guess, very promising and, you know, what this offense can look like when you've got someone at the helm that, can move his feet, make things happen. I feel like people are going to hate this, but I think that this game with Stidham only further proves for me that next year, someone who fully knows Josh McDaniel's system is going to be a quarterback. We all know what the resume is in the NFL on who those people are. So, but I think, I think that was a big statement on this is my system. This is what it looks like when someone at the helm fully knows it. This is what we can be. This is what we can do. That being said, Stidham's young, so maybe we can, you know, he can he can be that guy for the future. But, you know, that also you also think, all right, if we're gonna bring in a young guy to be the franchise quarterback, he's gonna have to learn this a little bit. Who's gonna be there in front of him to teach him? Um and, you know, kind of be that be that mentor with it all. So I'll let y'all, you know, do with that what you will, but I just feel like this was such a um, a statement game in regards to how well his system can be once he once someone you know that's been in it for quite a while. You know he's been in it for four four years. This was his fourth year, I think, going on it, knowing it, and it was very successful. So, well, then we should probably just get into the whole car thing um, with that lead in there. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely excited to hear your thoughts on that. Before we do, I'm going to tell you guys, per usual, who this episode is brought to you by. The fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football, and it all comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday. My go-to betting for that is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Now, this is going to be a very interesting uh, national championship game, right? We've got a TCU team that has upset Michigan, um, which a lot of people are very surprised about. And frankly, they went out there and, you know, they're 
their defense did a very great job and their offense was able to put up points. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what the betting lines look like, favorites, overs, unders, all that kind of stuff. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, so as you mentioned, we'll just jump right into it. This whole car situation, where we go from here. Obviously, me and Andy talked about our opinions, our thoughts on things. Um, very interested to to hear yours, get yours down on this. And uh, yeah, we'll just go right into it. Take it away, Earn. You know, I, I said in the uh, beginning of the year that uh, I told you both uh, that, you know, you look around the league and these teams like the Chargers who hit on Herbert, you know, and could pay him a rookie contract have the ability to sign big defensive free agents and um, stack up a defense. And I was saying in the beginning of the year, like, hey, we got to explore not throwing a third of our salary cap at Derek Carr, but maybe get somebody new in on a rookie contract where we can spend more money on better free agents. And looks like that's going to happen now, which – when I said it, it was cool, but now that it's here in reality, I feel bad for Derek Carr. This guy loved the Raiders. You know, he was a good Raider. It was just uh, like Andy said, you know, he's not the problem, but he's also not the solution. So we know that uh, Mark Davis, he swings through the fences. You know, he had a good coach in Jack Del Rio, fired him to hire what he thought was a great coach in John Gruden. And we had a good coach in Basaccia. And he fired, he didn't bring him back because he thought he had a great coach in McDaniels to bring in to do great things. And now I feel like the same is true with Carr. Like we have a good quarterback, but he's willing to blow it up to get somebody great in here. And I, I just see that as the pattern of Raiders front office. And uh, I, I would, I will say, you know, after watching sit and play, all we need is a quarterback to get our guys the ball. If you can't because you're scared of pressure in the pocket or whatever, bring in somebody that that can get, deliver the ball. So the media report said that Carr was really quick to get frustrated this year, which kind of tells me, like, I think he knew that this was a prove-it year. It was probably communicated to him. You know, the the media and Twitter and all that always provide this picture of, Oh, you know, this or that. And I'm always interested in like, I want to know what, I want to know what the Raiders think, not what, you know, some homie who's tweeting thinks, you know what I mean? Jim Bob, eight, nine, two, six, seven, four, R for L. Yeah. And we've, we've discussed how polarizing Derek Carr was and man is just so polarizing out there now, but you know, they, the two parties, they met for two different nights and sat and talked about it and decided that this is the way they're going to go. But then you see Derek's brother, David, on NFL Network being upset about it. But in my honest opinion, I think 
there, there was constant communication between the two. Raiders can be accused of, hey, that's not a professional way. But I think the way if Derek was getting frustrated all year long when things weren't going that well, he kind of knew that, like, hey, this is my resume right now, and it's getting screwed up by the poor play of everybody. So I, I, I don't think it's as bad as people think, and I think we're somewhere in the middle with all of that. But, hey, okay, we made our decision. Let's move on now. Let's let's get ahead. The fact that we saw what a guy like Stidham could do in this offense now has me thinking with the draft, we don't have to get a top-tier quarterback anymore. We can spend we could spend that draft pick on a stud uh, D lineman or, or cornerback or somebody. So th- that leaves me with some hope there because I don't want to throw all my bags that we have to get a quarterback out of this, you know, first round of the draft. If we do, because there's somebody they really love and they want to go for it. Well, that's another story, but we know there, there's only so many first round draft picks that at quarterback that actually do anything watching that Niner game. Look at Brock Purdy. He was the third, you know, the third string quarterback on that team. And that guy delivers the ball to his team. You know, he's out there just feeding his receivers and Kittle and all those other guys. That's all you need. You need a guy that can just feed the ball and read the defense, hit the open guy, let McDaniels manage the game, just get the ball delivered. And so I I don't think we need – some super special number one pick overall to fix this. I'm looking forward to getting our defense better. And as far as the stopgap quarterback, I, I see your point. I see, you know, the rumors in the offseason about uh, what Dana White was trying to get going two years ago or whatever. And I could see Mark Davis being like, I want that. And so he's, uh, you know, doing the same moves he did before. Like, I'll get rid of the good because I think there's great out there. So I wouldn't be surprised with that happening either. But I think to fix this team, we really got to shore up our defense. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, and I, I like all that. What, what you're saying is, you know, there's no doubt that the defense needs help, right? Um, we have these games where, you know, you think, all right, the defense, like we had – Five, I think it was. T- I was talking about it. We had five straight games where the defense put a, a you know, held the held the other team to I think twenty one points or less, right? And um, you have those games, and and those are the games that we need to pull out and we need to get wins on, right? And I think that's where a lot of the, you know, heat on Derek Carr came into play. It was like when your defense did play good, you couldn't do anything to help them out, and you couldn't you know put up points to help get these wins. But like you said, it it really can be as simple as like finding someone who can consistently get your guys the ball, run the play scheme, you know, and the game plan, you know, that McDaniels has set up and not make mistakes. Like that seems so cliche. That seems like you're just, you know, simplizing things. But at the end of the day, that's really, really all you need. You know, it is very intriguing, you know, being in a top 10 position that we're in. We're obviously completely out of the Bryce Young running. Um, it would be interesting to see how the whole C.J. Stroud situation, you know, pans out. But we would essentially have to trade up for that. And really, we might even, you know, only be lucky to be sitting there with the chance to draft Will Levis. And do they even want to do that, right? So 
I think there is a lot of top end defensive talent that could be available there. There's some offensive line talent that'll be available in that range. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see. I hate that like offensive line isn't a sexy pick, right? When you're looking in the first round and you're like, oh, they just take the number one tackle. That's not exciting at all, even though it's like, you know, something that we would need. But, you know, it is going to be very interesting to, because it is going to all kind of hinge on which route they want to go. I think having Stidham and, and, you know, being where he is and how he played, I think that gives you hope that he can come in here and start next season, you know, and we could pick up where we left off. I mean, that was the biggest thing that we were talking about. It's like, it's hard to, you know, it, you know, sit here and admit that like we might need to blow this thing up and start over. Right. But can we kind of pick up where we left off or not go backwards too much and be able to, you know, work our way forward still? I think Stidham gives us that hope. Um, and I think in regards to this game and right now at where we're at in the season, Stidham, you know, gave us a better chance at winning than Carr did. But to your point of his prove it year, I feel like, you know, I, I didn't necessarily realize it until all this stuff kind of came out on on his contract and how they've gotten out and everything. And we touched on it a little bit, but you look at Jacobs, they didn't pick up his option. They said, prove it. This is your prove, prove it season. They went out, they re-signed Waller, they re-signed Renfro, they picked up Devontae Adams. They said, here, Carr, here is, you know, the weapons that got you guys to the playoffs last year. You know, your best friend that's the number one wide receiver in the NFL. Your contract, the way we structured it, it's got a one-year prove-it deal. Um, you know, and we have the ability to get out if we'd like to. So I think to your point, I think it, it very much so, um, I feel like, was probably communicated in like a, hey, Everything that you've done for this organization and everything you've done in your career has been very good, but that's in the past. We need to see it from you, and we're, we're giving you all of the tools to do so. We need to see it, or that's it. So that would make sense if, you know, if Carr is getting frustrated very early and having issues. We've, I feel like he's been a lot more um, emotional this year. Um, we obviously had that situation, you know, the situation where he was breaking down in the press conference and all that kind of stuff. But along with just the frustration or the anger or whatever it was, it seemed like he was a little more, little more vocal this year and a little more emotional. That would line up with all of that. So, yeah, I don't. It's this offseason is going to be wild. I mean, I you know there was when Devontae got traded for. It was like, all right, this offseason's awesome. Like, I can't wait for the season to start. This offseason is going to be one of the more important ones, I feel like, that we have. Obviously, we got to figure out the the uh, quarterback situation. But I feel like there's a lot of ways we can go. Um, there's a lot of situations that they could choose. But nonetheless, kind of just excited for something new, right? We just feel like we've just been hanging on with this Derek Carr, like, like you said, that Andy said. You know, he's not the problem, but he's not the solution. The Raiders are just in this purgatory of like kind of good, not great. And, you know, we need to do something to get to the great. And it means just kind of moving on at this point from Derek Carr and seeing what we have in either Stidham, the guys on the on the roster, or where we go from here on bringing someone in. So, yeah, I had I did have uh, one thing I wanted to touch on as well. Did you have anything more? Do you have anything more to add with the, with any of the Carr stuff? No, I think we covered the most of it. 
So a couple of things that I feel like are, are getting somewhat overshadowed by all this quarterback controversy talk. As you mentioned, Adams had a very good game uh, against the Niners. Seven receptions, 153 yards, and two touchdowns. That put him at 1,443 receiving yards. It beat Tim Brown's record, 1,408, set in 1997. So Devontae Adams is currently the all-time receiving, uh, single-season receiving yard record holder for the Raiders in his first season there. We saw Waller broke Brown's receptions record from the same year back in 2020 with 107. Devontae could break that record as well. 13 receptions is a lot, but we've seen him have, you know, that kind of volume before. So he's at 95 right now. So 13 receptions um, would put him at the 108, and he could potentially set that record as well. Also, Josh Jacobs having a career year. He's at 1608. 152 yards is a lot in one game, right? But he's 152 yards away from breaking Marcus Allen's record of 1759. He's also currently... I think Josh Jabot put out there on Twitter, he, he's 160 or 170 yards ahead of the next closest guy for overall rushing yards. So barring, you know, an absolute horrific day by Jacobs and a monumental day by uh, Nick Chubb, it all kind of points to him being the NFL rushing leader at the end of this year, um, which the last time someone was a rushing leader in the NFL was Marcus Allen when he put up those numbers that we talked about. Um, he's also one touchdown behind Marcus Allen's record of 12 in a season. So he needs two touchdowns to be the single season rushing touchdown record holder. Um, if he can get two, he'll be at 13 and he'll have that record as well. So we're literally seeing guys sit here setting records um, on the offensive side of things. And all we can really talk about is this quarterback controversy. So I just wanted to point those out and just kind of get your thoughts been diehard Raiders fan for a long time and you you see you saw all of these guys play with Allen and Tim Brown and everything like that I just want to get your thoughts on these records that are being broken and potentially you know on their on their way to be broken yeah they definitely had some great uh, a great season this year as far as stats wise I didn't know how the records would be now that they these players play 17 games and Brown was only playing 16 games but you still saw that Adams did it in 16 games, though. So, but I mean, those are hell of a numbers. I mean, it just proves that our offense works. Scoring in the red zone would would help us a lot more with all those gaudy numbers. But um, I, I just I love it when our guys are on top in stats categories. You know, as far as being nationally recognized, that seems like that's how you do it. What uh, Bosa said about Jacobs being the best running back he's ever played against. Those were some kind words. And it's kind of like we knew that Jacobs was good enough for that. And I'm just happy that he's able to put it out this year and uh, get recognized for it. Adams, that's those are great stats. I don't know how it ranks up against what he did with Rodgers as his quarterback, but I feel like it's probably one of his best years ever as well. And uh, how many – touchdowns does he have this year he has a ton of touchdowns but i i'm happy with the stats i feel like more teams are trying to are figuring out how to block uh crosby his sack production is going down but uh when our when our team has top stat leaders it's it's a lot funner to uh pay attention to them that's for sure yeah absolutely 
Adams' record receiving yards is fifteen fifty three with uh, Green Bay, so he's one hundred and ten yards away from tying that. Um, his record touchdown was eighteen, um, and he's at fourteen currently. So he's having one of the best seasons of his career. He's averaging more yards per catch. The season that he had 1,500 yards, he had 123 receptions. He's only at 95 right now, so he's more he's, he's more efficient, making bigger plays with that. He had 115 receptions the year he had 18 touchdowns. So, you know, we're we're seeing him put up those those big numbers um, and and do it in a more efficient way as well. So, yeah, I think a lot of people thought there was a chance he was going to regress coming over here. You know, going from Rogers to Carr. But he's walling out. He's having a great, great season. Obviously, one of the best seasons for a Raiders wide receiver. I would assume 14 touchdowns is pretty close to a Raiders record as well. Yeah, he already set the record. Todd Christensen had the record at 12. And Adams has set the Raiders single season touchdown record for a receiver as well. So there's a chance he could, you know, kind of just set the record on all the major stats when it comes to a single season if he can beat out Waller's reception record but yeah just wild just wild the the type of season that both these players are having that just goes to show you how much of a team game this game is uh, when you have you know two of your offensive players that are setting records for their teams setting individual you know records and all this stuff and we're sitting here at six and ten you know and you know eliminated from the playoffs so I don't know it's a lot to take in, a lot to process, but they're having a hell of a game, a hell of a season um, that is unfortunately, you know, in those games, uh, that game kind of overshadowing a little bit by this whole quarterback controversy. Yeah, we need to realize that not all is lost either. You know, we see six and 10 right now, but, you know, what if Renfro doesn't fumble that ball? in the beginning of the year? What if him and Adams don't bump into each other on the last play of the game? What if Tillery doesn't swat the ball out of the Rams' quarterback hands? You know what I mean? I mean, there, there's like so many of these few instances that that could have turned the game the other way, and we'd be sitting here at, you know, nine and six, and we'd be like, this is great. We're, we're not that far off. That's That's what I'm hopeful for, so. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was something we kind of talked about. I think at the point where the Raiders were like 2 and 7, <laughs> you looking at the games, we last year we had a lot of those games where those things went right for us, you know, and we squeaked into the playoffs. You know, we were in control of our own destiny in the very last game of the season and we won. And so, um, you know, we just those bad breaks just went the opposite way for us this time. You know, we were getting the good ones last time, we were on the better end of it, now we're on the bad end of it, and we just saw how much that can turn a season and, you know, turn things around in general. Um, so I, I, I agree with that too, is that we were, we were right on the cusp of winning so many games this year that one lucky bounce one way or the other, you know, those things just happen in the NFL. It just works out that way, you know, and, uh, you know, if we can learn how to, and I mean the record setting like leads that we gave up and all that kind of stuff, learn to close out a game, learn to keep a lead. If you think about it, what we had five blown 10 point leads this season. We keep those leads. You know what I mean? Like we're at 11 and 
five or whatever. You know, it's it's like we were there, like we were there with scoring the points, with being ahead, with potentially getting wins out of these games, and then they blew it. So it's like, all right, fix what you need to fix so that doesn't happen, but we're not as far off as, you know, this kind of letdown season is brought about. Yeah, that was driving me crazy about the blown lead thing. This last game, uh, you know, we had 10-point lead, and they had the ball, and they went down and scored. And we got the ball back and had to punt. And then the announcer's like, hey, don't forget, they just had a 10-point lead. It's like, it's been one series. It's been freaking one series. Fill out. You know, as far as the getting the bad bounces, look at this game. Um, we uh, knocked the ball down uh, at the line of scrimmage. The ball – gets tipped up in the air and lands nowhere near anyone. They do it and it happens to land right in the dude's hands. They we uh we hit the quarterback as he's throwing. He throws a flutter ball and he's got a wide receiver underneath it that wasn't intended for him, but they got lucky and made the catch. It happens to us, then they get an interception out of it. It's just crazy bounces that aren't going our way this year. But I, I'm still hopeful. So that's that's where I'm gonna leave off on all of that. What's going to happen with the Chiefs? I, I'm not expecting much, but, you know, let's be competitive again. That'll give us all hope if we're competitive. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think at this point, win or loss doesn't really matter. The only thing it actually affects is, you know, our draft standings, all that kind of stuff. I want to see them go out, like you said, go out there, be competitive with the Chiefs. I mean, how wild would it be if Stidham went out there and got a W against the Chiefs the first time, you know, his second overall start and the first time he plays them? That would be awesome. You know, Raiders could also play a little bit of spoiler for the Chiefs in, in getting that first overall seed. But yeah, it's, you know, it's it's just the hope that it kind of brings. Let's hope that he can go out there and have another great game again, that we can see this offense continue to play at a high level, continue to be able to put up points. You know, I think that I think there was a stat out there that there's only two games in the last like 10 years or so that the Raiders have lost when they've put up 30 points or more or 30, 34 points or more. You know what I mean? So if this offense can just continue to put up points, we have a very good chance at winning games, you know, playing the chiefs and whatnot, you know, in previous years, we've been able to have shootouts with them and then come across a, a win or two here and there, but I'm not expecting much either. I just want them to go out there, be competitive. I don't want to see, you know, this huge blowout by the Chiefs that ends our season in a in a shitty way. You know, even if we lose, let's be competitive. Let's keep it close. Let's just see if Stiddy can go out there and slang it again. Yeah, I'd like to see him do good so they'll pan up to his wife and her friends again and show the excitement. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of excitement going on up there. But we will uh, we will end it off there. Dan, thank you for coming on, um, filling in for Andy once again. Congratulations, Andy. Um, we will, you know, whenever we come back, we'll get your we'll get your thoughts on all of this as well. You know, just with everything with Stidham and all that. But till then, let's go out there. Let's get a W against the Chiefs. Let's fight hard against the Chiefs. Let's let's just do something against the Chiefs. Let's not get blown out. Yeah. Any last parting words? No, I don't. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, Sorry. until next week, um, you know, we hope you guys have a good week. We, as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go check out the Raider Take Podcast YouTube account. And uh, yeah, let's just go out and enjoy. We got a Saturday game this week. 
one o'clock or one thirty midday on Saturday. We will see y'all next week. Micah, cue that music.